Hello, and welcome to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and I'm here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. This season, we're tackling common challenges that teachers face every day in the classroom, from dealing with parents to feeling discouraged to managing homework and everything in between. Last week, we tackled dealing with parent complaints and what to do when a parent complains about you. This week, we're going to go really practical and talk about how to manage homework, um, how to make it truly valuable, and then how to hold students accountable. We're just going to dive into a lot of practical suggestions and um, try to give you some tips for making it work better. You know, as I was thinking about homework, I was remembering back to when I was first teaching. And I remember one day um, I had the stack of homework papers on my desk and I looked down and (laughs) one of the students' homeworks was literally a crumpled, like ripped in half, half sheet of computer paper with 10 like random numbers scrawled on it. No work. I think it was in pen, like basically everything that you weren't supposed to do. And I remember just thinking like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> what is this? And to, to be honest, I mean, at least they turned in something. I, I remember this one particular class, I had about half the class not even turning in anything. And and then the rest of the, like another third of the class was turning in this. And I just remember looking at that and like in that moment realizing, okay, like I knew this was bad, but this is like something has got to change. <laughs> kind of a um, little bit of a wake-up call there that this was not working. And so I um, I had to really think it through and kind of come up with some better ways to hold students accountable. And um, I don't know if you've ever had the ripped half sheet of computer paper with random answers on it, but I'm sure you can relate to all the frustrations that come from dealing with homework, from keeping track of it to trying to um, make sure students do it and, and, and all of that. But today we want to go ahead and we going to go through 11 really practical suggestions that will hopefully help you make your homework valuable and then also hold students accountable uh, to complete it and to do it well. All right, the first tip is simply, uh, it's pretty simple, it's to give only valuable homework. Now, this sounds obvious. But we too often don't even stop and ask ourselves, is this homework assignment truly valuable? Sometimes we give homework just because we feel like we should or because there's a worksheet in the curriculum that we haven't gotten to. But when we do this, when we assign homework just because we feel like we should or there's something that we could assign, then that's not good. We're wasting our own time, our students' time, And the family's time as well. So um, we absolutely need to be strategic about what homework we give. Ask yourself, what is the point of, of this homework? And then take it one step further. Would this be better done in class or does it really need to be done at home? And um, a lot of teachers have even opted to completely do away with homework. And that's something you might even want to ask yourself. Do I need to get homework, give homework at all? I taught middle school math. And so for me, I thought, you know, yeah, I really do um, need to give them some homework. But I was really strategic about what I gave. And that brings us to point two, which is to focus on quality 
instead of quantity. Okay, a lot of times, and I've I've helped kids with homework, I will see homework and there is a ton of problems. But the problem is when you've got a homework assignment with 20, 30 problems or a whole bunch of questions to answer, I don't think we always realize how long it can take a struggling student to wade through all of that. You know, we see the the quick students, they they whiz through it like it's nothing. And we're like, yeah, this isn't that long of an assignment. But sometimes, honestly, these these students and their parents may be agonizing for hours over this. And here's the thing, when you have that many problems or questions, can you really expect quality answers? Normally, it's just not going to happen. Not with the students that are struggling, at least. And so my goal was... I started thinking about this and for also with encouragement from my administration and I thought, what is the fewest number of problems that I could assign that would give them the practice that they needed? We're already practicing in class. So basically, I want them to try some on their own to make sure they know what they're doing. What's the fewest number I could assign that would give them the practice and the skill building that they need without overwhelming them? And I re- and I, I came down to, for math, I think if I gave six or seven problems on average, um, that would be enough. And that's what I did. And it wor- I found it worked pretty well for what I was doing. Now, your number might be different, but ask yourself that. What's the fewest, what's the smallest amount of homework I can get? And then focus on quality. You can tell them, listen, I am shortening the amount I'm giving you because I expect these to be, I expect you to try really hard on these. And I'm not overwhelming you with, the, with you know, 20 questions to answer. I'm giving you three questions, but I want good, solid, well-written answers. So try that. And it makes it a lot less to grade. It's less overwhelming for the students. And as I said, you can focus on quality answers. Uh, Point number three, suggestion number three, is to require homework to be done on time. Now, obviously, everyone's like, of course I require that. But what I mean is, are you actually holding your students accountable for that? Are you actually, um, does something happen if it doesn't come in on time or does nothing really happen? Obviously, your school's policies are going to impact how you handle late homework. So always start there. But if at all possible, there really should be some type of consequence or penalty when students don't complete their work on time. Um, Two of the most logical, you can get really creative with this, but two logical penalties are one, uh, for the student to lose points on the assignment. But sometimes um, the students that are turning in work late consistently aren't really paying attention to their grade. That, that's not a very good deterrent. So another uh, a logical penalty would be for requiring the students to complete that homework at another point in the day, uh, preferably a time when they'd rather be doing something else like lunch or um, possibly recess or um, during um, kind of a more fun part of your day. And I know that's um, that's challenging um, depending on when you teach or all the different situations, but just ask yourself, what is a way I can hold them accountable? And that's the point. Uh, you need to hold them accountable in some way and require them to learn that responsibility and the time management skills that are going to be essential, not just for their academic success, but for life. Now, if you're having a really big problem where like half your class 
isn't turning in homework on time. I had that happen. I had it. I had taught six classes my first year teaching, and I had at least two where about half the class just wasn't doing their homework. It was a big problem. It was actually a pervasive problem for the school in general where kids just wouldn't turn their homework in on time. So if you have a situation like that, I strongly encourage you to speak with your administrator about developing a school-wide plan um, to encourage students to do their homework. Um, or if you teach secondary, um, you can talk with your administrator. You can also get together with your fellow teachers, so the other teachers that your students also have. So get together with their, you know, their their other teachers, and try to put together some type of consistent plan. Because if they're hearing the same thing, having the same consequences in everybody's class, it's going to help them change their habits better. And honestly. Um, this can really be a game changer. Sometimes you're just fighting a losing battle if you're fighting it all on your own. Sometimes you need a, there needs to be a change in school policy or at least a um, consistent change amongst all the teachers. So don't get to, don't get discouraged if you don't have a choice. Okay, you can still make big progress if you're on your own. But I would pursue definitely. Um, some higher level changes if this is a big, big problem. And ultimately, that's what happened with uh, me. Uh, my school set in place some new policies. All of us teachers got on the same page. And it wasn't like it wasn't like the problem disappeared, but we noticed huge changes when we did that. All right, my next suggestion is to grade homework or at least to count it as a grade. Okay, I know a lot of people recommend not grading homework, um, saying it's just practice or that you don't have time to grade it. And here's the thing. If it's working for you, then then that's great, okay? If, if you found a way to make it work, then that's fantastic. But when I did that, it was a disaster. And what I did was I counted it as a completion grade. So I like see, saw if they done it. If they did it, great. They get their completion grade. And that's how I ended up with the ripped half sheet of paper on my desk, okay? Um, it just got worse and worse and worse. And I just realized these kids aren't – some of the, the good kids were trying. The, good, the, the studious students are going to try no matter what. But – the majority of the students, they knew I wasn't grading it. And so why would that motivate them to try? So um, there's a lot of ways that you can do that you can um, you can do this. It doesn't mean you need to grade it every time. Even if you just grade, let's say, one homework a week, you say, I'm going to pick at random. Or don't even tell them one a week. Just say, I'm randomly going to grade your homework. So they're not all graded, but I'm going to grade some of them. Um, that is a simple way um, to hold them accountable without having to grade it every single time. Um, and then there's lot there's lots of other ways to do it. You can have them exchange kind of peer grade. There's all kinds of options, but I'm going to tell you what I did and suggest to you the method that I did that I used and it really um, worked well without being overwhelming. So tip five, the way I graded was I gave credit for both accuracy and effort. Okay, here's the thing. I knew that we needed to grade homework to keep students accountable. But on the other hand, homework is just practice. And I didn't want students to worry about making mistakes on homework because that's part of the process. I really, it kind of makes me cringe when I see, you know, if I'm only assigning six problems and a student misses two of them, which is not that big of a deal for math. I mean, you make two mistakes, you get a four out of six. Is that fair to give them a a 67 on that, like a D, uh, that seemed harsh to me. So what I did was I created a simple rubric that gave credit for both accuracy and effort. 
and I link to the article where I explain this in detail in the show notes to this post at teachfortheheart.com slash homework. But to give you the basic idea, what I would do is I would take off only five points for each incorrect problem, assuming they tried it, there was work, and I can tell they, they put effort into it. So if they had effort, they had work, they had tried each problem, then the worst they could get yeah, I, so I, t- I took five points off. So minus zero, 100. Minus five, 95. Minus two, 90. Minus three, 85, 80, 75, 70, 65. So if they missed all seven problems, but they tried them all, they still got a 65. That's not going to kill their grade, but it's also not just slapping an A that's going to artificially in- inflate their grade either. It was a very fair grade. Um, and like I said, I explained the whole system at teachfortheheart.com slash homework. Um, I linked to the article there. But basically, if they didn't try the problem at all, they just skipped it, I'd take off an extra 10 points. So five for not getting it right, an extra 10 for not trying it. So if you only did half the homework, then you would get a 50, you know, you could get a 50 or a 40 or a very low grade. But it really helped um, to grade them for accuracy and effort. All right, so how did I grade this homework? Um, Well, first of all, one more quick thought there. That Rubik also made it very quick. I got very quick at putting a grade on here. It did not take me long at all because I just, I knew what the grades were. It was very fast. But still, how do you grade all this homework? So tip six, I had my students exchange and grade in class. Now, if your school policy doesn't allow you uh, students to grade each other's papers, then obviously this won't work. But honestly, I don't worry. I know people sometimes worry about students being embarrassed. And if that, if, if that bugs you, then don't take the suggestion. But honestly, what I feel like with homework is you talk with your class about homework is about practice. It's about making mistakes and learning from them. So there's no need to be embarrassed if you have challenges on your homework. So for me, I see no problem having students exchanging grade. It saves a lot of time and it gives that students that immediate feedback. And I'm honestly not comfortable letting students grade their own papers if it's counting for a grade. For me, that's just tempting them to cheat. And I was a student and whenever we did that, a lot of people would just change their own answers. It's just you're putting them in a situation where you're making it really tempting for them to cheat. So all that to say, I did have them exchange in grade. And here's a few tips if you do that. First of all, read the answers really quickly. Don't read them slowly. Read them quickly. It saves a lot of time. And then do not take questions about the grading, okay? Don't let them say, is it okay if they have negative two instead of positive two? Or what if they what if they spelled it wrong? Or what if they put this? You will waste so much of your class time. Instead, have them simply put a question mark by the one they're not sure is right and then put a question mark at the top of the page, And then they pass it back to the student. And then if the person whose paper is graded thinks they graded it wrong, once again, they're not raising their hand and saying, they graded my paper wrong, tell them to put a question mark at the top. So when you're putting the grades in the gradebook, if you see a question mark, you look at it. Otherwise, you assume everything is good to go. So this really should just take like two, two, three minutes tops to read the answers quickly. You're not taking questions. They put the number wrong at the top and pass it back. Then number seven, you go over the assignment in class. I really loved doing this. The point of homework is for students to practice or in other cases prepare for a lesson. So it's great to give them that immediate feedback on the things they didn't understand. Now, 
I, like I said, I dealt with math. Now, a lot of math teachers will go over all the problems themselves, but it's so much more powerful if you let the students present them to the class. You can have the students put the problems on the board and then present them to the class, explain them to the class. When this is done right, it can not only build their comprehension and their communication skills, but it actually saves time because it's faster than you're working out each problem one by one. I Once again, I could talk about this forever, but in interest of time, I'm just going to link to the article where I explain um, how to do problems at the board efficiently. I'll link to that at teachfortheheart.com slash homework. All right, tip number eight. What do you do if a student doesn't follow directions? They, um, let's say they use pen instead of pencil. They put it on computer paper. It's completely wrinkled. They don't show their work. They don't use graph paper or whatever other procedure that you wanted them to do. I used to take off points, but when my administrator told me that I wasn't allowed to do that anymore, I had to think up something different. And what I came up with ended up working so much better, and that is require them to redo the work. So what you can do is if someone turns it in and say, there's no work, or they didn't follow directions correctly. You can go ahead and give them their grade, but then say, you need to redo this in pencil, or you need to redo this on the right type of paper, or you need to redo this with the correct MLA format and have them turn it back into you. And that's really effective because they learn quickly that you mean what you say and they're going to have to redo it if they don't do it right the first time. Tip number nine is to require students to complete missing work. Okay, when students miss an assignment, You do have the choice of just putting that zero in the gradebook and moving on. Sometimes that's easier because it's a pain to track everything. But if they're going to not have to complete it, then what's really the point of assigning it in the first place? This means the student, number one, never gets that practice and skill building. And number two, they learn that they can get away with never doing their work. But if you require them to finish the assignment, even if it's late and even if they're not going to get a grade for it, you help develop their work ethic by teaching them that the work is not going to go away until they do it. Which brings me to number 10. Have a system for tracking missing homework. Between absent work and late assignments, tracking homework can get super overwhelming. But if you develop a logical system that works for you, it's not quite so difficult. What I suggest is, and this is what I did, was keeping a Word doc or a Google doc for each class and simply recording the name of the student and what assignment they're missing. So for example, let's say you do worksheet A. Um, You would write just simply down Susan, worksheet A, Olivia, worksheet A. And uh, you just simply have keep a running total. When someone turns it in, you erase it or cross it out. And every time there's something new, you add to the list. You can also have a section on there for late work or redos, and then a section for absent work. One of my favorite things about this system is that when you want to notify the students of what they're missing, you can simply print off copies, highlight the student's name, and get it to them. So it's super fast and easy to remind them of what they owe. I actually have an example form and also some more info and details about this system. Once again, I link to that at teachfortheheart.com slash homework. Finally, suggestion number 11 is to consider flipping your class. So if you're not familiar with this, flipping your class means instead of lecturing during class and assigning practice at night, you assign 
the students to listen to a lecture or watch a video at night, and then either work problems or do a group project during the day in class. Now, you still need to hold students accountable, but you can do that by simply requiring them to take notes or to answer questions. But for struggling students, this is so helpful because all you're asking them to do is to watch a 20-minute video and take some notes, as opposed to asking them to agonize over a set of problems that look like Greek to them. So yes, they still have to take the time, but it's a much easier ask. And then during class, you can give them the help and support that they need. Now, um, there's so many resources out there to help you um, be able to flip your class. You can come up with your own videos, or you can find pre-made videos. But if you happen to teach pre-algebra, you're in special luck. Um, we've partnered with MathLite, is our partner company, and they have um, complete pre-algebra videos. They're working on finishing all the videos for all the pre-algebra lessons, as well as accompanying notes and other resources. And you can get all the videos for free at mymathlight.com. Or we also link to it, once again, at teachfortheheart.com slash homework. So there's your tips. And above all, don't give up on your students. Expect big things from them. Yes, all of them. And keep holding them accountable. And maybe one day, one glorious day, you'll finally find, like me, that those crumpled, ripped half sheets of computer paper with 10 randomly hasti- random hastily scrawled answers are finally finally a thing of the past. I hope these tips have been helpful for you. Thank you so much for joining us. If you found this um, podcast helpful, if you could do us a huge favor by leaving a review of the show, either in iTunes or Stitcher, or simply by sharing this article or this podcast with another teacher that you know, that would be absolutely awesome. Let's pause to pray. Thank you, Lord, for these teachers and just for the time they've taken to listen to this. I pray that they will find at least one tip in here that will help and encourage them and just make things run just a little bit more smoothly. Give them patience and grace this week. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you again for being here. Hope you'll join us again next week. I'm really excited about the topic we're going to be tackling. We're going to be talking, we're going to take two weeks to talk about the topic of religion in public schools, whether it should be allowed and actually what legally is and isn't allowed um, as a public school teacher for you to do and for your students. So I think if you teach in the public school, you're going to find this extremely helpful And I'm really looking forward to sharing that with you. Hope you have a great week. Look forward to seeing you next week. In the meantime, keep learning, keep striving. You really are making a difference.